Hey, this is Joe Castiglione, and you're listening to Not Another Sox Podcast with Matt Caval, Matt LeBeau, and Jack Webster. Can you believe it? Joe Castiglione. We'll figure out how to get Ian's name um, in there. Oh, yeah. We need to talk about how hilariously bad the Yankees are. Sorry, my cereal. Buenas noches, amigos, and welcome to episode 53 of Not Another Socks Podcast. I am Jack Webster here with Matt LeBeau and Ian Doran, as always. Fellas, we are out of last place. The Yankees are there! I don't worry. Yeah, good times only in Boston, Massachusetts right now. If we hold right here, I can insert the air hordes. So, perfect. We're good. That's what I thought we were doing. I was so confused. Yeah, no, you're good. Well, now we're going to have two sets of air horns. Yeah. Celebrating the Sox moving out of last and the Yankees moving into last. Perfect. Perfect. Uh, yeah, no, um, what an absolute fucking dumpster fire. Uh, the Yankees? Carlos Rodon's contract? What are you... Yeah, just all of it. Their offense without Aaron Judge. Their uh, fearless leadership and... Uh, you know, helm at the GM spot with, uh, you know, Brian Cashman, who's brought some uh, <laughs> success for their franchise over the last 20 years now. So it's it's all going perfectly over there in New York City. Yeah, I just I don't know how that happens, how you take one guy out of that lineup and then the team team crumbles, team absolutely <laughs> crumbles and Yankees fall to last without without big toe Aaron Judge. If um, if anyone knows me in real life on Twitter uh, basically ever had one conversation with me, they know this is my favorite topic of conversation. Uh, <laughs> Yankee downfall is what I live for year in and year out. Um, I, I'm arguably more of a Yankee hater than a Red Sox fan. That's not true, but it's really cl- it's like closer than a lot of people think. Um, and the, the Yankees are crumbling in front of our eyes, and it's beautiful to see. I really don't think it's Boone's fault all that much. Lately, I've been seeing a lot of, like, anti-Boone stuff. Um, I don't think Cashman has built a good team at all. Um, and, I, I, you know, I, I think that Boone isn't a great manager. I don't think he's the guy for the job, but I don't think it's 100% his fault. I think it's on Cashman and just how weak this team is overall. And Rodon's a fat piece of shit. <laughs> yeah, happens to it happens to the best of them, honestly, but... Yeah, I think I think you're right. Just it's not a great not a great place to be if you're New York. And frankly, even more importantly, LeBeau, it sounds like you got some heat on the internet from a, a Yankees favoring podcast. Uh, what what happened there? What is going on? Yeah, they they well listen. For one, they they these these gentlemen who have a very successful. Um, baseball media company, so to speak, uh, <laughs> be an unbiased national baseball reporter, not like in a joking way, like Caravas does, like in a serious way. And um, there's just been a lot of anti-Red Sox rhetoric on that account over the past few years. Um, and just very pro-Yankee, which at the end of the day, a lot of those guys that started it, they're all Yankee fans. So totally understand it. If we became huge and we were like this, you know, covering all of baseball, then we would be really pro Red Sox as well. Let's be real. But um, there was some definitely some beef that went down. And basically, I was chirping them for the Brian Bayo tweet. I was sliding the DMs, crushing the DMs. You know, that's what I do. Um, and Can we get a dramatic reading of the uh, Brian Bayo text right now? For those yeah. of you who aren't aware of it, do you want like a, a, a the reading of the tweet? Yeah, yeah, I want you to like read it off in a very dramatic way, so that way, uh, you know, the audience that may not be like as in on Twitter, you know, um, sure. can um, uh, enjoy it as well. Sure. So, uh, give me one second. Pull up the tweet. I'll read it word for word. Um, so let's see. Yeah, and for, for those of you just listening, we have a picture of, of our 
mascot here, the pup. We have the lights coming down and the spotlight coming up as LeBeau walks over to the microphone, pulls out his script of this dramatic tweet, looks to the audience, and he prepares <laughs> and he begins. So, so this is how it all started. This was the tweet from uh, Talking Baseball back in the wintertime. Basically, they tweeted out a graphic of the Red Sox rotation and made like a remark about how um, feeble it was, which the graphic they posted was was totally reasonable to say that was a feeble rotation. But they had left out, you know, the the most I would say the most important piece or at least the most potential in Brian Bayo. So Red Sox fans immediately jumped on them and then they kind of backtracked and, and they came out with this tweet. It says. Red Sox fans appear excited about Brian Bayo. Bayo is currently listed in AAA on Fangraphs, Roster Resource, which is what we use to double-check ourselves. Bayo posted a 4.82 ERA and 11 starts as a 23-year-old rookie in 2022. With, like, I've heard a lot of people defend them and just saying, well, those are just facts. Those are just facts. Well, those are correct statistics, but they're defending themselves by saying, well, this is what this guy did, so... Why would we include him? But if you know anything about the game, if you know anything about, you know, Bale himself, obviously he has the stuff. He was going to be in rotation for the long haul for the whole year, or at least given every opportunity to be. So um, this spiraled into the all-star game where <laughs> Red Sox fans were, were like replying and replying and replying. And it was really just one tweet that all they needed to do was just one thing to send Red Sox fans over the edge. And sure as shit, they posted a picture of Nate facing JD in the All-Star game and said, Red Sox fans, look away. And all the Red Sox fans on Twitter, like every single one of them, became a reply guy and just replied to that tweet with that copy and paste of their Brian Bayo tweet back in the winter back. <clears throat> Then everyone started sliding the DMs. <laughs> I started crying the DMs. Chirping them, dude. Yep. I think Boner Jams 03 was the first to do it. He was the first I saw, at least. So uh, think, shout out to Boner Jams 03. Yeah, Boner Jams, if you're listening, we're fans. Yeah. I think he was. Yeah, I think he was. So I uh, I slid in the DMs, and he uh, I, all I did was I just copy and pasted his own words. So I'll quit, just quickly walk through the DM exchange that I had with Talking Baseball. If, if you guys don't know who we're talking about by now, this is the name of the, the media outlet, Talking Baseball. Um, and they don't do bad work, but they are a little biased. Um, so I copy and pasted that. Red Sox fans appear excited about Brian Bayo, et cetera, et cetera, right? He replied, I, whom I'm assuming is John Boy, uh, acting like a teenager with a burner account isn't really a smart idea when trying to grow a podcast, just offering some advice. So I thought he was suggesting that I was on a burner account, which obviously is not because it says my full government name and it even has my government issued face on there as well. Um, so I replied with, this isn't a burner account, man. This is my government name and face, I'm afraid. Maybe just admit <laughs> you were wrong about Bayo and Red Sox fans might leave you alone. <clears throat> so then he says, that's pretty much my point. If you're looking to grow a podcast, it's probably not it's probably best to not be an annoying troll to the people that could really help you. For one, this is terrible advice. If you're trying to grow a podcast, always be an annoying troll. That is 100% foolproof advice. Then he followed up with, we have been posting facts about Brian Bayo's success this season the same way we posted facts about Bayo's rookie year before the season. It's pretty hard to be wrong about literal facts and statistics. So he did two things here. Number one, is he's saying that we were posting about Brian Bale throughout the year, and two, he's justifying the tweet from the winter. So they're still not like admitting that they made a stupid tweet in the winter time, which to me is now fucking crazy. So I said, dude, touch grass. Your success has no bearing on the success of others in this industry. You made a foolish tweet last night, and Red Sox fans cooked you for it. You continue to alienate one of the largest sports fan bases in the entire world. And you have to face the music for it. You either want to be an MLB account or a Yankee account. It's Yankee account. Excuse me. It seems like you're struggling on which to be. <clears throat> he replies, <laughs> the bias you're claiming this account shows is wildly false. 
and an opinion made up by teenagers with burner accounts who use dunking on us to get likes on their tweets. Tried to offer some advice. You've already burned one large bridge. Best of luck to you. <laughs> I just replied with, literally, man up. And then he didn't reply, but he did He did see it. He saw that he saw it. So, like, 15 minutes went by. <laughs> I just copy and pasted the Red Sox fans appear excited about Brian Bayo. <laughs> so, I copy and pasted that in there. Then he replied with a screenshot of my t- uh, message to him that said, dude, touch grass. He said, take your own advice. I said, difference is I'm making a joke and having fun. You're actually mad. All Red Sox fans have done is typed your own words back to you. Then he says, like, now he's, like, trying to make himself not look so bad. He says, word, sounds good, man. We're rooting for Bayo to keep it going with, like, <laughs> muscular emoji. And I didn't, I didn't answer him. Um, yeah, rightfully yeah. so. First of all, bravo. Excellent, yes, excellent bravo. eating. Thank you, thank you. They got big mad. Yeah. It's, it was, uh, it was fun. And I posted the screenshots and everything, and people had a good laugh with it. So, obviously, that's that was my goal. You know, I'm glad I got Red Sox fans to have a good laugh and got to see John Boy acting like he was um, running the Disney Corporation yeah. At uh, you know he's one large bridge, which is accurate. Nor do we care. By the way, I looked it up one time uh, just because it's the most predictable thing in the world. So uh, John Boy is a Yankees fan from New Jersey, and Talking Jake is a Yankees fan from Connecticut. So like it makes sense that they have the most biased Yankees takes that have ever existed in the history of mankind. Like, Carabas leans into it, he jokes about it, and honestly, he posts probably more positive Yankee stuff than John Boyd does about positive Red Sox stuff half the time. So it is really funny to see them pretend that they're not even and then get upset by a guy with, like, a few hundred followers and, like, a mildly successful Red uh, Red Sox podcast that, like, we're just doing for fun. This isn't, like, (laughs) fucking jobs or anything. Like... Obviously, or else, like, you know, it'd be great to get paid for only recording once every few months or so. But it it, it just really goes to show that, like, you know, if you are going to have that type of account, like, you have to be prepared for that type of criticism when three out of the four hosts are Yankees fans. Right. And, dude, when you, when you had sent that, I was like, how could this guy, how could a literal professional possibly get so tilted over something so silly, right? And then you read it back and you're like, you know, we we could really help you. You shouldn't, as a teenager with a burner phone, you shouldn't be doing this because we could really help you. Like, is, what are you talking? You're not the king of podcasts, right? Like, you have a podcast, congratulations. But we could really help you. I think if they sent us a check for $20,000 to help us start a podcast, I think I'd blow my nose in it, tell you the truth. Maybe that's just me, but I take it. Um, but, 20, yeah. are, you, are you fucking insane? But no, I, I mean, I, I, I hear what you're saying. You're absolutely right. Like they, they're not. Like I said to the in the message to them, like just because they're successful and they're more successful than most baseball podcasts doesn't mean that a others can't be and doesn't have any impact on what we do. Number one, they're a Yankee podcast. We're we're out anyways. I mean, you know, <laughs> they claim to be national, but they're really just they're just a bunch of just weird Yankee fans. Um, but, yeah, if you want to go look at the tweets, you can go to my Twitter account. They're obviously still there. And you can scroll through all the replies and all the, you know, quotes. And it was, uh, it was a fun day on Twitter. I had a good time. Um, so <laughs> that will be one that I think about for a long time. Yeah, yeah. Just, just crazy to think, right? They're like, you know, well, we're the king of baseball. We're the king of baseball. We help podcasts. What? Anyway, but if you're talking facts, right? In the in the nine starts where Brian Bayo did not blow up because he blew up in in starts one and two, but he's a rookie. It's his first time towing the rubber in a major league setting, right? Yep. The nine starts he did after he posted about a three eight ERA, which was comparable with people 
that year that was comparable to Garrett Cole, to Robbie Ray, Adam Wainwright, Pablo Lopez. Like his following nine starts are comparable with named pitchers. So to say that Sox fans aren't excited about something like that, and though he was beat up today, he has performed this year as, as one of the best pitchers on the team and even above average uh, among baseball altogether. Yeah. No, Red Sox fans appear excited about Brian Bayo. <laughs> yeah. We certainly are, for sure. Yeah, the kid might be okay. Just don't <laughs> pitch him during the day. He has like a 7 or 8 ERA during the day and like a 1-5 ERA at night. So, like... I get it. I like to sleep in. I, you know, like it was a twelve o'clock uh, start today. Like, I wouldn't want to be fucking working either. Like, just uh, so let's just start him at night from now on, and I think we'll be okay. I, I need the math on this, and if someone <laughs> looked this up, if someone who's listening could do some research, this would be a great uh, research project for. I like, heard it earlier today. Uh, someone uh, already put it out there into the universe. What? Uh, Brian Bayo's day versus night ERA. No, 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 no. That's not what I was gonna say. The the Red Sox in weekday day game. I swear to God, I swear on my life, I swear they're O for the last eight thousand. <laughs> I I'm a hundred percent that like getaway day, day game, like anything during the week. If it's a day game, they I don't think they've won ever in my lifetime. <laughs> I, I'm not it, it's it's incredible. They they I, said it's my day off. Yeah. Are you saying that the Red Sox as we know them sleep in? Are you saying they're day snoozers? That these guys are nocturnal, they only come out at night. Is that well, what you're telling us, LeBeau? Not necessarily because during the weekend day games are fine, you know, but it's just weekday. Weekday day games. They just don't win. No, you're right. I mean, like, it feels like it really doesn't even matter who the opponent is. Like, literally, it could be the Oakland A's or uh, the Kansas City Royals or the Angels without, like, Otani. And, you know, but we we just lose. And it's not even, like, a con- like oh, like, you know, close loss. It kind of was today, but... It just feels like, you know, just one of those extremely frustrating games where, like, there's nothing to be positive about. Yeah. Think back. Just think back, Jack. Since you've worked at the Bruins, like, how many times have you been watching the game at work? Yeah. Watching no, the game at work? I, I was doing that today. Yeah. I mean, not even with my current organization, just, like, throughout working. Like, you know, <laughs> I was a teenager. Like, this, right. this yeah. has always been the situation. Yeah. Right. I'm just using the Bruins because you know we work there, you know. But uh, they just they just don't they just don't win during the week. <laughs> Incredible. That's true. It is true. Yeah, yeah. They they uh, adds that's a deep stat though. You know, daytime versus nighttime pitching, daytime nighttime stats on the Sox. It's interesting to look at. Um, but you know, now that we're stepping back into recording, um, I I know I've prepared some topics something one thing that I really wanted to talk about after some of our time off and coming back was uh going into the all-star game and the all-star break right going into the all-star game the stocks had a representative that was Kenley Jansen uh, so I I wanted to throw it back to you guys right do you think Kenley Jansen was the right choice to be the representative for the Red Sox and more importantly do you think anyone on the Red Sox was snuffed from being sent to the all-star game. Yeah, Connor Wong. Like, how do you not send Connor <laughs> Wong to the all-star game? I mean, he has just been uh, the MVP of the season so far. Um, and, you know, just throws out guys like crazy. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I don't know why he wasn't starting, even truth be told. But the fact that he wasn't a reserve, I think, you know, uh, Rob Manfred should be fired for that. <laughs> that the sole reason. I mean, obviously, you got to look at Verdugo. You know, I think you really deserved it. Um, I, I, to answer your first question, though, if you are going to pick one representative, you know, I think Kenley was a fine choice, veteran guy. You know, got his um, his milestone save this year. Has been, you know, really, really good out of the pen and, and something we didn't have last year, which made a huge difference on this team. 
Mm. Uh, in terms of All-Star games, as a, just a, from a Red Sox fan perspective, right, not from a baseball fan perspective, but just about like the worst All-Star game, you know, of my lifetime. Yep. Besides, <laughs> I think, you know, that one year where Brock Holt was the only, that was worse. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but Brock Holt at least stole a base in that game. Kenley threw three pitches. Right. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's literally, like, you blinked and it was over. And you know what? He, he was deserving of it. I'm not even saying that it wasn't. Like, you know, you can even argue Chris Martin also deserved to go there just as much, if not more, uh, based off the year he's been having, especially mm. since coming off the IL. And obviously, you know, touched upon Verdugo. You could uh, argue uh, my boyfriend, Masataka Yoshida, as well. <laughs> um, and then even, you know what, Brian Bayo, like, he w- he posted more production than uh, Pablo Lopez that made it in this year. So you could argue that he should have made it as well. Uh, yeah, I, I, I didn't think that would have been a bad selection at all. Just if he did this earlier in the year and got noticed by, you know, national media earlier in the year, I think he would have had a chance. But, like, this close to the All-Star game wasn't going to happen. Yeah. Yeah, it's just how it is. But I, I think you're right. I think Kenley Jansen was was a fine representative. I think definitely some snuffs. I, I think Doogie has had a great year. Uh, I think Bayo has had a great year. Um, and even, well, the outfield's a bit crowded, but Yoshida's had a, a pretty crazy year, too. Uh, but Jansen's a Hall of Famer. I, I thought he was a fine choice to send as our representative, despite despite some of the snuffs I think the Red Sox received in, in their invitations. And I was joking before about Connor Wong obviously going to the All-Star game, but right. I also want to <laughs> shout him out for his first half, just because, you know, if we didn't have, like, his breakout, uh, you know, we would be stuck with, like, Reese McGuire, who ended up, you know, really coming back down to earth, and, like, Jorge Alfaro or Caleb Hamilton as, like, our primary catcher. So, especially since Reese has been out, he's been, like, catching just about every fucking game. And you know what? He's been pretty productive. Pitchers seem to like throwing to him. He can throw guys out, which is, you know, very oh, fresh yeah. over the Red Sox in the last few years. So, um, I, I think, you know, that shouldn't go unappreciated uh, throughout the first half. Yeah. I mean, another guy that could have been in the conversation for the All-Star game if he played probably just a few more games, Darren Duran. Um, mm. is, you're talking about actually a guy like if – if because he's played in, I think, like what, like 76 games or something like that, 77, something along those lines. And we've had, what, like – a hundred games now. Uh, just about, yeah. Yeah. So I mean, his his stats are are in line with, like, like he would get some some like MVP votes, not like for first place, but like he would finish like maybe You'd like see his name on the book, yeah. Like MVP yeah. eighteen or eighteenth on like the Baseball Reference page. Exactly, hundred percent. So. Yeah. You know, like I could, I could see it if he was, if he was, you know, playing just a little bit more. He's playing obviously a lot, especially for him where he was last year. But you kind of need to be a full time guy for that. So, for sure, and and a good point there, right? Is uh, he unfortunately almost got eclipsed by Duvall because when Duvall started the season, he was he was hot. He was hitting home runs. He was hitting for power. He made he made a huge difference in the offense, right? So yeah. I think. Duran got a bit eclipsed by that, but since coming up, Jaron Duran has been absolutely stellar. The bat's been there. He's stealing. His his productivity has just been incredible. What a gift. Oh, yeah. Really happy. I, I hope he continues, and I hope they have a leadoff hitter for the next, you know, four, four years, four or five years here. So. Yeah. No, I mean, uh, he, he's definitely stepped up into that center, everyday center fielder's role. I would even like to start him see a bit more games, like, off of left-handed starters. I know you got to get Rob Snyder in there and Adam Duvall in there as well because, you know, they mash lefties. But, um, you know, he's a guy that should not uh, be riding the bench, you know, even a few times a week. You need to have him out there five, six times. Uh, because he's going to give you your best chance to win, you know, even if he gets like a, just a single, he can turn that into a double. He can turn, you know, a ground out into a base hit. Like I was looking at some of his expected stats and they're way lower. And I was thinking, well, was like, yeah, because, you know, 
that slugging should be, you know, a few points lower and, you know, that uh, on base percentage should be a little bit lower because of what he adds on with his speed. So I think, you know, I just love it when, like, we have an athletic guy like that that can do a little bit of everything on the team. Sure. No, I agree. Couldn't agree more. Definitely. And, you know, as long as we're talking about about the lineup, uh, about what they what they look like, um, draft was the other night. We had a really big draft and our first round pick being uh, up and coming catcher Kyle Teal. Um, w- would love to hear your your take on that. Kyle Teal joining the Red Sox, a catcher, hits for power. Have at it, guys. What do you think? Yeah, no, I love that it's a college bat. You know, as much as I love high school middle infielders, as uh, much as I'm going to know, I think it is, you know, good to get a guy that probably will hopefully be here in the next few years. Um, you know, I'm not going to pretend like I know all about college baseball. It's super fun to watch, especially with, uh, you know, the, the College World Series in Omaha. But, you know, I'm not going to pretend like I knew who Kyle Teal was before this draft started. But, you know, since learning about him, he sounds like a really good pick. It sounds like, you know, he fell down to 14th as well. Um, yeah, my philosophy is the exact same as Jack's. No idea. Uh, had no idea who Kyle Teal was. Um, I, I do enjoy watching the College World Series after that. You know, that's pretty much the extent of my college baseball fanhood. Having said that, the Red Sox are, uh, and, and mainly Heim Bloom deserves a lot of credit for this, Um not him in particular, but the people he's put in place um, for this. Because at the end of the day, like you know, he's got he's got people, he's got people. But yeah, he'll tell you that they're 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 drafting for value. You know, like they're they're not overthinking it. And I think that baseball teams have a tendency to do that. Um, they're just drafting good players that are are there when their name when when it's time for the team to. Um, you know, this guy was a, a guy that could have went top, I've, I've read top, you know, five, top 10. Um, <clears throat> Marcelo Meyer was a guy that could have went, you know, top three or a lot of, a lot of places have Marcelo one, one. Right. So they're just, they're just, and then, um, the kid from Florida who didn't go, but who's the kid? Um, they draft the same year they drafted Meyer. Do you remember his name? He didn't go. He didn't. He didn't sign with the Red Sox, but... Oh, yeah. Um, Judd Fabian? Joe, Joe something. Judd Fabian. Judd Fabian. Yeah. Joe Fabian, yeah. Yeah. Um, that was another one where it was just like, this kid fell to us, like, we're just going to take him. Like, he was supposed to be, you know, a top, like, 15 pick. He was there, they just took him. So, I think that they're doing a really good job, like, just getting the value picks, getting the best player available, not worrying about need. Um, but, man, if they could, if they could develop a superstar catcher obviously it's really early for for kyle teal but if they could develop a superstar catcher and from looking at this kid's hitting stats in in, in virginia oh yeah um, he had fucking tore the cover off the ball senior year um if he could develop into a, a, a offensive catcher something that we haven't had in a real long time that'd be just you know an incredible thing to go along with meyer and bayo and you know whoever else yeah, and it, it's really interesting. I, I just looked it up here. The last time Red Sox drafted a catcher first round was Blake Swihart in 2011. <laughs> Blake <Swihart>. <laughs> uh, <laughs> he was, I thought he was going to be the absolute truth. I was like, we have like a top <laughs> five catcher in the game. He's so athletic. He can do everything. And now he's probably playing for the fucking NC Dinos out in Korea or, like, the uh, Radukin Monkeys in Taiwan or some shit like that. Like, I don't Only think anybody you. knows what Blake Swihart is, like, up to anymore. Only you would know this, Jack. Yeah. You're the only one. But also interesting. Tigers. <laughs> uh, but also, interestingly, the last time the Sox drafted a college player first round was 2017, and that was Tanner Houck was a first-round draft in 2017 for the Red Sox out of college. Out of uh, Missouri, right? Uh, I think so. Uh, it doesn't say anything on the first page of Google. I might have to go to the second page of Google. Wow, no, that that's forbidden territory. I'm saying, man, I, yeah. I just don't think it's a question worth answering if I have to go to a different different page. I've been Tanner House College. I mean, you think I should? 
Tanner Hub College, University of Missouri. Wow, fantastic. Yep, I did it. Yeah. <laughs> and also, in case of anybody is wondering, at the age of 30, Blake Swihart is batting 157 <laughs> for uh, an independent league baseball team. Uh, and that was actually last year, so he's not even playing at all this year. Uh, so that might be over for Blake. Blake Swihart hit 157 in independent ball? Yeah. <laughs> That's he's fun. been on base, 297 on base. Uh, but yeah, just absolutely horrible. I mean, 297 on base is still is still, still pretty, pretty horrible. Bad. Yeah, <laughs> dude, that is fucking atrocious. He, he's like yeah. a he was like a major league talent at one point, and you can't hit above the Mendoza line in independent ball. Yeah, at one point, like pre 2015, <laughs> Baseball America. Uh, MLB Pipeline and Prospectus all had him like number 17 or 18th as like the top 100, uh, like one of the top <laughs> prospects in baseball. So like this guy was like a can't miss catcher. He had like the the thing about Blake was he had like all five tools. So that's why like, he was rated high. But I'll tell you what, man, give me one. Give me like a guy who has like two or three really, really good tools, not like five, like ten mediocre tools yeah. like that's essentially masataka yoshida like you know you're not gonna get any field and you're not gonna get any like too much run but like hit hit power hit good yeah big right. punk <laughs> no yeah. give me that all day like and then you can develop a tool like like give me like rafael devers his tools were he hit he hit for power he had two tools coming in they developed the throwing and the fielding Obviously, he's like he's not a bad base runner by any means, and yeah. that was they just you just develop it. Um, hopefully, they can do the same thing with fucking Emmanuel Valdez because if they can develop that. I mean, he's a good hitter, but yeah. he has he has two, two two tools as well. Yeah, yeah. Well, if, yeah, if there's anything we learned from hit movie Moneyball is that Billy Bean was a five tool player. Can you believe it? Yeah. 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 How can you not be romantic about baseball? PK Hernandez has negative five tools. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, Poor guy. There, There is uh, no tools in that shed. No, there is nothing. <laughs> no tools. But I'm glad, I'm glad we're talking about tools, right? Because we're talking about the lineup. We're talking about tools. The trade deadline's coming up. What are the tools that, that the Red Sox need? Are we buyers? Are we sellers? What are we putting in our toolbox? What are we taking out of the toolbox? Uh, general question. We can refine it more. But trade deadlines coming up. What are the tools we need or don't need? Uh, yeah. I mean, it sounds like what we're going to do is a little bit of what we did last year where, you know, we buy and sell a bit. I mean, we definitely need to just, like, get some back end starter. Give me fucking Lance Lynn. Like, just some fat fuck that's going to throw us, like, 80 innings for the rest of the season. <laughs> you know, just perfectly fine. And, you know, maybe get something for, like, a rental like Adam Duvall. You know, maybe if the price is right on James Paxton, something like that. So that way, you know, we can really prepare ourselves for 24 and 25 and beyond. But, you know, I think, you know, the, really the main goal is going to be to stay under the luxury tax, which we didn't do last year. We can't really afford to do if we want to you know spend at all in the next few uh, off seasons you know I, I would really like to see the red sox just just buy and and, and even hmm. like i know this is risque but at the end of the day if you offload some pieces and you sell you, you can't really get much for duval you could definitely get something for paxton um you might be able to get a little something for um, you get something for Verdugo, um, but at the end of the day, like, I would like to see this team buy and get some momentum into, like, next year. Like, give me, give me, like, some life and, like, give me, like, a, like, a close race at the end. I'm not even saying you have to make the playoffs. Like, if they make the playoffs, like, that'd be a pleasant surprise. I'd be absolutely very ecstatic. You know, I wouldn't be able to fucking sleep. But <laughs> give me, like... Just, like, I want to be, like, there at the last day. Like, all right, we need this to happen. And then, like, next year, when you add a couple pieces and you bring back basically the same team with 
some additional guys, you feel really good. You're like, look at how close we were last year. Now we add, you know, X, Y, and Z. Like that, I just want that. I just want some momentum. Show, show some life. Like don't, don't roll over and then finish like, you know, on a 15, like losing 15 to 20, and you know you sold. Like just next year you're starting off over all over, all over again. Same same shit. Just I just just buy. Buy. Yeah. No, honestly, I would really uh, love if we got like a. Uh, team control pitcher, like somebody like Dylan Cease, you know, we just say like, hey, you know, this is a guy that we're going to be, you know, targeting in the offseason anyway, so you might as well trade for him now while he's available. You know, it's thankfully we did just have a good draft, our farm system strong. You can afford to finally trade away some of these guys for these long, uh, you know, term pieces that are actually going to help you out. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, I just don't think we're going to be in the market for a guy, you know, maybe like Shohei Otani, who might be out there where, uh, you know, he's only we only have him until the end of the year. But, you know, I don't even think a big move like, you know, uh, somebody that could help us out like that is really even out of the question at all. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And actually, I'm I'm really curious to ask uh, from from both you and LeBeau, especially you, socks are socks are buyers at the deadline. Do you think? If the Sox are buyers, right, or if there are certain levels of trades for your rentals like Paxton, Duval, if Sox are buyers at the deadline, do you think this team could have a run at the playoffs? Yeah, I do. Um, Let the record show he is nodding his head. He thinks he he thinks the Sox could be a playoff team. No, absolutely. They 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 definitely can be. I mean, they're right there, and there has been worse teams. There has been worse teams in Major League Baseball than this Red Sox team that have been farther out of it at this point in the year that have come back to not only make the playoffs, but win in the playoffs, get to a World Series, and even win the World Series. Worse baseball teams farther out of it than this Red Sox team is right now. Uh, Red Sox are getting Trevor Story back. You know, the rotation is starting to at least – the top of the rotation is starting to kind of formulate. You mm-hmm. get back, you get, you know, Whitlock back. Um, the back end of the bullpen is really good. The offense is really good. They're lacking a little depth. So I would like for them to just go out. You don't need to go crazy at the deadline. Don't trade off any of your really high-end marquee prospects. Get me like a third, three or four starter, you know. I would say trade Duvall. Get what you can from him. Um and then just try to make a run. Interesting. And it's also worth noting, right, the Sox were, were right about 500 at the All-Star break in 2004 when they went went off and became one of the most fun, most incredible teams to, to watch do what they did. Yeah. And so. now there's even more playoff spots, too. Like, that was like, you know, when only eight teams make it. Now 14 teams make it, I think, like just under half of them. So... Or not 14, I think 12, actually. Um, but so, like, there, there's a lot more opportunities to make it now. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and actually, Jack, do you mind going into that a little bit, right? We're, we were crawling at 500 about 20 years back. LeBeau yeah. thinks Sox are, are buyers at the deadline. Do you, think, do you think we're buyers? Do you think we have a chance at being one of those 14 that nags a playoff spot? Yeah, I mean, we're already in contention for it without any additions. And, you know, the Calvary's on the way, kind of like you guys mentioned as well. So it's very possible. I would even say, you know, I feel stronger about this team uh, than I did about the 2021 Red Sox, which, you know, very tooth and nail, kind of like LeBeau was mentioning, last day of the season. uh, You had to win. You controlled your own destiny if you did. You know, we uh, beat the Yankees. Yeah, that was great. You know, and then we had to go up against the Rays. Nobody thought we had a chance. We did. You know, we all, we're within two games of a World Series. So I wouldn't be surprised if the Red Sox could make another run like that this year. You know, obviously it's a lot of stiff competition, but um, I think it's just, you know, a matter of also preparing for the future as well, since um, I think last uh, our last trade deadline was an absolute failure just because we stayed over the luxury tax and, uh, you know, <laughs> 
speaking of the draft, we uh, because we uh, you know lost Xander and Ivaldi, we should have had four fourth four first round picks. Instead, we only had two. So that really does make a big difference at the end of the day. We can't keep taking these penalties forever. Not even fuck John Henry's money, but now it's actually starting to affect like our long term future. So. Unfortunately, I think we do have to stay under this year. That doesn't mean there's not a lot of great moves that we can't make, uh, but it does limit us a bit unless we are going to, you know, somehow uh, dump some salary off uh, right now. But it doesn't look like, you know, there's a lot of guys we would probably want to do that for unless if someone like just took all of like Chris Sale's contract like as a miracle. Yeah. Yeah. And you and you guys, uh, you guys have such a wide, wide scope, right? I would love to hear if there are any names that you would speculate would would come to the Red Sox, right? As we go to buying, trading, selling at the deadline, do you guys have any idea of a name the Sox would target to pull into Boston for the remainder of the season? Um, yeah, it's tough. I mean, you really got to be, especially with keeping the luxury tax in mind, like there mm-hmm. are guys that, you know, you'd want, but you don't want to go over the luxury tax for sure, not for this team. Um, you got to reset that. So like, for example, like a guy like Stroman, you know, I wouldn't, mm. uh, I wouldn't do that. Um, right. so in terms of names, yeah, I really don't know. I really don't know who, who I would put in, put my hand in the ring for. Yeah. It's just a matter of, you know, who's going to be sellers. Like it, we could see the angels be sellers even outside of Otani. Uh, we could see like, you know, a team like the Guardians be like, hey, we've fallen out of it. You know, maybe we'll trade Shane Bieber or somebody like that. Uh, but, you know, because, you know, there's more chances to make the playoffs. A lot of teams are around 500. Uh, a lot more teams are going to be looking to, you know, add, you know, apart from us. So um, that's what, you know, kind of almost makes me in a way, you know, want to be like, hey, you know, if we can get some immediate help uh, for like the long-term rotation. If we trade James Paxton now, then, you know, that might be worth it. I don't want to do that because, you know, I do want to compete this year and even make, you know, a run in the playoffs, but uh, you know, it's something to keep in mind too. Like, you know, it, it, we, we are going to be the 2025 world series champions for a reason. (laughs) For sure. I uh, go ahead, Lobo. No, no. I was just going to say there's, there's, there's a very reasonable case that we would right now be the favorites for like 2025 or 2026. I, I wouldn't be surprised at all. Yeah, right now. definitely. And right now, right when I think of the guys out there, if we're trying to add to that rotation, which Bloom, you know, had, had mentioned he, he might be trying to add a reliever, another back-end guy, strengthen the pitching. Uh, I, I think it's possible we see talks about guys like Patrick Corbin, right? Or we see talks about maybe some of the free agent guys. I think there's a possibility Aaron Nola might, might see some movement. He's getting ready for free agency, and I think he'd be a great guy to have in Boston. The stats are going in the wrong direction. That would be the only thing I would say about Nola. So that would give me some concern about giving him a long-term deal like Carlos Verdon, and then <laughs> who, whose stats were actually even going in the right way. But you know, you take him out of uh, Oracle Park in San Francisco and put him in Yankee Stadium. And of course, you know, now he has a 70 RA. Nobody fucking saw that coming. Uh, so, I mean, I, I think every Red Sox fan has been like corny for it. Uh, but uh, Yamamoto coming over from Japan, you get a guy at 26 years old out on, you know, a decent contract. Um, you know, it's really hard to beat that. Yeah, yeah I need that. Yeah. Funny that Carlos Rodon's uh, ERA is twice what Ryan Bayo's is. So something to keep in mind if you're listening at Talking Baseball. No. <laughs> I wonder if they are listening. I wonder if they're, they've just been waiting for us to, like, put out a new show. So that way they can be like, look at them talking about us. <laughs> God, one can only I, hope. I, I, I pray to God. I mean, that'd, that'd be awesome. Like, there's there's literally no such thing as bad publicity. So, if they were to like, like, I don't Unless know. Unless you're Craig T, that is very bad publicity. <laughs> yeah, Craig T. Yeah, but now everyone in Red Sox Nation knows him. So. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Maybe not for the best though. No, that's yeah. uh, of course. In those instances, yeah, you, you know. But like for stuff like this, I mean. If he's like shitting on us, I think that'd be great. That'd be awesome. I would love that. So Come much. get us. Yeah. 
Yeah, I spent no, a week not- writing. I spent a week writing this joke about blowing my nose in his twenty thousand dollar check. So. Yeah. Oh, you're uh, John Boy. If you're listening, you're welcome on the pod anytime. Yeah. <laughs> anytime, anytime you want. You know, we. Uh, you're welcome to invite us on too. We'll see what we're doing, but. Didn't realize Bayo's numbers were that good as either. Uh, I'm just booking it now that Roman Anthony is going to be up in 2024. Uh, you know, going to end up in uh, left field, Massa uh, to the DH. And this kid's going to be legit. He's skyrocketing up all, uh, you know, the prospects list right now. And, you know, I wouldn't be surprised uh, if we see him sooner than later. So I think that was a very good Heim Bloom pick. And, you know, same thing as we said before. You know, it's not him actually making the picks half the time, but he puts uh, the right people in place to do it. And, uh, you know, I feel very strongly about our farm system right now, especially uh, what I've seen over the last, like, year now that uh, uh, we've been able to, like, kind of reflect more on, like, the last few seasons of what uh, Bloom's been able to do. For sure. I mean, at the end of the day, there's plenty of criticism. Um, At the end of the day, I mean, I, I realistically, I'd be criticizing him and praising him equally had he won a championship every single year since he's been in Boston. Um, that's just what I do. You know, that's my game. One day, I, I'm loving you. The next day, I want you to kill yourself. That's how it works. So, unfortunately, like, you know, there has been a lot of criticism. There has been a lot to say about him. And, you know, I'm, I'm not totally ecstatic with the with the, the team that's that's been – put on the field but i think he's doing a fantastic job with the longevity of the organization and building a sustainable organization and you know you're kind of finally seeing that that vision so i'm really excited about it and i mean roman anthony is obviously just one of many elite prospects that the red sox have um to be excited about red sox fans should should be excited about um yeah yeah i i agree i think roman anthony's a great pick uh i I'd love to hear if you guys have any thoughts about other guys to be excited for that are coming up. Obviously, Marcelo Meyer, right, is a guy we're excited for. Sedan Rafaela is a guy we're excited to see develop. And now Roman Anthony. Are there any other guys in the pipeline you look at and you think, you know, I would love to see that guy play at Fenway? Um, I, you know, I get really horny about developing pitchers. You know, it really makes Brave. my... <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, thankfully, we kind of have two homegrown pitchers for the first time in I don't even fucking know how long, probably since Clay Buckholds and uh, John Lester, since I actually yeah. do believe in Cutter Crawford. We did. Oh, we didn't even talk about Wrigley or anything. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Well, tell us a bit about that. You you just made your trip to Chicago and and went to Wrigley Field and, and got yeah. to watch the Sox play the Cubs. Please tell us a bit more. Yeah. No, uh, Wrigley fucks. Um, I don't. <laughs> Like, I've heard some people, like, give a lot of criticism about it online. You know, like, it's old and, you know, it's not even, like, as, uh, you know, well-kept as Fenway. I felt like, you know, a lot with a lot of the renovations they did, it felt like, you know, obviously they kept the old charm of it. But I didn't notice really anything, you know, too bad about it at the end of the day. The bleachers are so super fucking cool. Uh, just general mission, if you guys aren't aware. Um, so that way, you know, it's a, just a really young, fun crazy crowd where they obviously do the beer snake and uh you know just get rowdy with each other so uh, the, beer, the, the beer snake uh, hold on i want to go back yeah. to that were you uh weren't you on tv for a beer snake in chicago <laughs> i you know i don't i don't like to talk about it you know we're sorry <laughs> yeah i know but yeah me and my boy santi uh shout out uh, park the bus uh, we went to Chicago together and, uh, you know, uh, that, uh, ninth, uh, so just a little backstory on it, uh, throughout the whole time, the narc security guards, uh, you know, were trying to shut down the beer snake. Like, obviously, you know, it's going to happen Friday night game. People are getting crazy with everything. And, you know, it's not, you're literally cleaning up at the end of the day. Like, you know, otherwise the, it would yeah. just like, just go out onto the field and everything. Uh, so by the time the ninth inning rolled around, it was raining super hard, super windy, trash was blown on the field. So we were able to acquire one of the beer snakes and bring it over, uh, to the right field bleachers because we were mostly in center. And then, you know, we were able to start from there and we were some of the last fans, uh, you know, out there. So, uh, we made it on TV. Uh, they saw me pumping the beer snake 
and um, you know something I'm never gonna forget. Awesome. Yeah. It's a great memory. I I love that you made it to Chicago and you made it to Wrigley. That's a, such a cool ballpark yeah. and who doesn't like Chicago? Yeah, there's a lot to do around there too, which gives me high ranks, easy to get to. Uh, we actually just took scooters in each day since our Airbnb was only about a uh, mile and a half away. So it it felt like Fenway in that way where, like, you know, you can get around town really any way you want. If you want to drive, you can. If you want to take the train, you can. If you want to uh, take your bike or a scooter or whatever, that's, like, perfectly fine, too. So uh, that always scores high marks because I've been to, like, Philly and, like, New York where it's, it almost feels like a, even a bit inaccessible. Yeah, yeah. you said you went to a bar that had a batting cage inside it, right? Uh, we did not find that one. So the one that was suggested, I'm not sure they had it inside, but apparently that is around there. Gotcha. I was hoping you'd crush some dingers in Chicago, but yeah. next time, of course. Next time, yeah. Houston Cassis did. Oh, they also oh, have, sure uh, did. They have the beer bats, which Fenway needs as well. Yeah, we need beer bats. Sure. Yeah, they're they're way more expensive than it's worth. Like you're literally paying just for the beer bat, essentially. Uh, but you know it's a lot of fun. I brought mine back with me, and uh, I'm gonna drink a lot of you know um, different liquids out of it. Yeah, especially beer. Especially oh, that too. Beer. Yeah, I can put beer back in. That's right. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what else you were drinking, but it was probably beer. Lebo, you said something about Casas hitting some dingers in Chicago. Yeah. He had three. Sweet. Each day. <laughs> yep. Yeah. One of the games he didn't even start. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. And he's him. Casas he is he. Is great. I, I'm, I'm a big, I'm a big Tristan Casas guy. Yeah, I know, and it, it almost felt like that whole Tristan Casas uh, April slash early May. It almost felt like uh, Pedroia all over again, where you know, obviously the kid's gonna be fine. You know, there's a reason why sometimes guys are top 100 pos- uh, prospects, even if they end up turning out like Blake Swihart. Um, <laughs> but, you know, you know, you got to give him a chance. I, I never for a second thought uh, Tristan Casas was worse than Bobby Dahlbeck. So I, I would still would have taken that upgrade any day. And it's nice to see all the numbers start to finally actually catch up to him, the type of player that he actually is. Yeah. Yeah. And, hey, Tristan Casas was – I think he's leading the Red Sox in walks. And last I checked, he was tied for like 60th in walks in the MLB. So we see him crush homers. We see him hit. But that he gets on base. He gets on base through his walks, through his plate discipline. There's a lot to like about the guy. He does. He does. Yeah. And he now has a higher uh, OPS than Xander Bogart. So I'm just going to throw that out there into the universe. Yeah. Which was sad. Which was sad. We've, it's been a tough season without Xander Bogarts. It has. But you know what? Trevor Story's coming back. Marcelo Myers in the wing. You know, I get it. I would have loved X. I would have loved if we were able to sign X a few years ago and not have to worry about it at all now. I think that really, I wouldn't have given him 11 years, like I mentioned before. But, like, the best time was probably last offseason. Or the offseason before that, I should say. Brave. Yeah. All right, we got Yeah. Yeah, might be about that time, gents. Might uh, be about that time. Uh, uh, yeah, hopefully by next episode, we'll actually know if we're buyers or sellers. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and there's so many things we we didn't cover tonight that I think we'll have more chances to cover. But yeah. it's about let, that time, let's, gents. Uh, let's never have to play Oakland in their powerhouse team again. Oh, man. Yeah. Couldn't believe it. The house of pain. The house of pain. <laughs> yeah. The curse of Ack. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. Peace. All right, Peace. gents. Have a good one.